You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. This is Mark Gunther from GreenBiz.com. I'm here in Copenhagen with Mutar Kent. Mutar is the CEO of the Coca-Cola company. We're going to talk about Coca-Cola's environmental practices. Uh, let me begin, Mutar, by just asking you what brings you to Copenhagen where these climate negotiations are taking place this week. Um, I think, Mark, what we're, we're here for is to lend our a Coca-Cola voice to the public and political uh, debate uh, on 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 um, getting to a framework, an agreeable framework, a a a fair framework, an inclusive framework, an effective framework, in so that we can achieve climate protection. I think that's why we're here. But that stems from our belief that in every single one of the countries where Coca-Cola operates, 200 plus countries where we produce and we have a business, um, we believe that we, unless we are, we meaningfully contribute to, towards creation of sustainable communities, we will not have a sustainable business. And our, our reason for being here stems from that belief and therefore our desire to have a, a framework agreement reached. Mm. Um, and so that's the broader picture. Um, and on the Coca-Cola-centric picture, we obviously have ourselves decided to take a leadership role as a consumer company, as a company that touches consumers 1.6 billion times daily. Uh, we believe that there was a role for us to play, to play uh, a leading role for us to play, and we got to that role by selecting, uh, by focusing the areas that mattered the most from our our own environmental footprint, our own carbon footprint. Those being refrigeration, those being packaging, uh, and and water. And and we focused on those three platforms uh, to achieve traction. Uh, and achieving traction in our case is not to have nice words in a in a corporate CSR report, but achieving traction is to um, make sure that whatever we did have commercial viability. Because unless you have commercial commercial viability, you, you, whatever you do in the area of sustainability is not sustainable. Well, why don't we dig into one or two of those areas to start with, because you just had a big announcement on refrigeration within the last couple of weeks with Greenpeace, um, where you're essentially going to phase out uh, HFC refrigeration. Uh, how, how is that commercially sustainable, since, since I think you've acknowledged it's more expensive today, to do HFC-free refrigeration. You've invested, I think, $50 million in research. What's the business case for that effort? What do you tell your board and your shareholders when they say, why are you worrying about this? 
well, we have more to tell because we've got our bottlers too. Right. Uh, you have to persuade uh, them, right? Um, so, 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 but it's again, um, well, firstly, refrigeration is the biggest piece of our carbon uh, footprint, um, and therefore it is very important for us. We've got 10 million pieces of equipment uh, that um, we have in the marketplace today in terms of c uh, uh, cold drink merchandisers and, and vending machines, com combination of. And uh, we um, have put our hand underneath the stone and set a target and said by 2015, every new placement is going to be HFC free. Um, the important thing is that you've got to start somewhere and you've got to take risk. Where there's no risk, there's no reward. And, and, and by risk, I mean set, set the stake in, a stake in the ground by, by putting a date. And you've got to work towards that date. We believe we can achieve that date. It's not easy. It's not a slam dunk. There's a lot of issues that needs to be solved. There's a lot of challenges. Challenges around um, availability of equipment, challenges around the technology, challenges around the, the cost. Uh, but we believe in the end we can achieve it and we've, uh, we will work not with one supplier, with multiple suppliers uh, and we will get there. I think the important thing is that what we are going to replace the HFC gas, uh, refrigerant gas with is going to be 1,400 times less uh, emission, there will be a, a, a less 1,400 times less emission of greenhouse gases as a result from our refrigeration equipment as a result of that change. Uh, and that will be a huge win for us. So that's a huge uh, win and, and, and for the planet, but what about for Coca-Cola company? Well, we believe that we can get the cost to where we need to get them to, to make this a commercially viable as we scale it up. Hmm. And that is the exact reason why um, when we announced this with Mark, with Greenpeace, a couple of weeks ago, I think, Lisa, right? Uh, we made a, a call to other users of refrigeration equipment to say... I am not, we said as a Coca-Cola company, we're not going to keep this technology to ourselves and try to make a competitive advantage of this technology. Hmm. Opening it, anyone who would like to use it in their own, they, they're welcome. So and that will, why are we saying that? Because A, because we believe it's good for the planet. B, uh, we believe that we can scale it up quicker. And so where, is the, uh, where are the rewards to Coca-Cola itself? In other words, what's, do you have better relations with consumers or retailers, or what's the business case for it? The business case for it is, is, is two or threefold. Number one, in conjunction with reduction of greenhouse gases, we've also got a, something called EMS, which is en energy management system installed into each of our units uh, that go out and also we are retrofitting existing units before even the that even have HFC gases in them uh, retrofitting existing units in the market and we those units will use 50% less energy so we will say to our retailers now this is better for you because you don't have to pay as much for electricity that's that's a win the second win is the broader win of playing a leadership role in the area of, of sustainability and, 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 and climate change. And we will, uh, every one of our coolers that 
are placed into the market starting next year with uh, HFC-free gases. We'll have a very nice logo uh, and, and speak uh, uh, along those same lines to the consumer. Therefore, we'll communicate with the consumers that will buy our um, products from inside those, those pieces of refrigeration equipment. Um, and so, all in all, we believe that you know, Coca-Cola's, it is our responsibility as the, one of the world's leading consumer goods companies to take a leadership role. That's why, it, that's the business rationale. Um, talk a little bit about water and then we'll get to packaging and I don't want to run out of time before I have a chance to ask you about your recent travels to the north. Okay. Um, um, water, again, hand underneath the stone, 2020 water neutrality, one liter to one liter. Whatever we use to make our products and whatever there is inside our products, the total combination of um, which is now 300 billion liters will go up probably to half a um, 500 billion liters by 2020. We will give back. Three um, um, tactics: um, redu reduction through technology in our 900 plus bottling plants. Um, instead of, for example, rinsing bottles, we will use air. Um, that just to give you one example, but we will continue to apply technology to reduce the amount of water that it takes to produce one liter of Coca-Cola. Two, we will recycle uh, any water that we give back to the cities and it will, it, we will be on a scale of, uh, we're now about 95%, it'll go up to 100% recycled uh, across all our plants. Uh, no, no, no effluent will go out. Um, it will all be treated, and good water will be given back to, this, to all the municipalities, cities where we operate. Three, uh, that's the two is not enough to get us to one-to-one -one water neutrality, so we will have to generate water through water harvesting projects. So the third tactic is replenish. Huh. So it's reduce, recycle, replenish. Uh, and we have now currently close to you know, um, hundreds of water uh, replenishing, uh, harvesting projects in India, in other parts of Asia, in Africa, and um, we will continue to broaden them. Um, uh, we have a, um, in fact, a, we've just launched a program with FIFA for the World Cup, upcoming World Cup in Africa, where for every goal scored during the FIFA World Cup, um, and for every celebration by every football player after the scoring of the goal, we will deposit some money into a, a, an account, and at the end uh, we will use those that money to um, um, uh, create um, clean water for um, hundreds, if uh, thousands of African t towns and villages, uh, so that there's a legacy left after the World Cup. Because we know also that um, there's. Um, Lack of clean water kills more people in Africa than malaria and AIDS combined. And I just had a long interview with Scott Bitters recently about packaging, but again, your, your argument for yeah. the business case here. Again, I understand the environmental benefit, but what are the business benefits to Coca-Cola? Well, you know, the business benefits is one simple phrase, conversion of waste to resource if you can make that work without compromising the performance of your package, 
that is, there's no better business case for that. That's not a simple phrase, but okay. No, but it is. I mean, it's, you know, sugarcane molasses is not, it's, it's much better than just taking a renewable plant that you can replant. Because sugarcane is used to feed people. There's going to be two billion more people to feed by 2050. And by the way, one of the things that I haven't any, heard anyone talk about in this conference is, is that issue, by the yeah. way, you know, uh, which is an issue, a huge issue in itself. But let me not complicate it. Um, but so we're not taking the sugarcane itself. We're taking the waste of the sugarcane out of the factories of sugar factories. Once the sugar, sugar is made and there's pile, mountains of this waste, we're taking that and we're putting it in as renewable uh, blend into uh, uh, with the purpose of trying to more and more decouple our packaging from uh, biofuels. I mean from uh, petroleum fuels. Yeah, yeah, petroleum fuels, yes. Fossil fuels, I'm fossil sorry. Fuels, yeah. Yeah. I beg your pardon, fossil fuels, yes. Uh, so we uh, the the so to waste the resource. That's why it makes sense. Eventually, we believe um, next year we'll probably be you know looking at at ratcheting this up to multiple countries. Uh, it's now in the U.S. and and De and in De Canada and Denmark. It'll go to many more countries uh, uh, in Latin America. We're starting with the plant ball in Latin America very soon. Uh, but we need to ratchet up the supply um, to get enough. Uh, but we believe that, and our, it'll go in as a blend into um, fossil fuel, uh, petroleum, uh, uh, resin, up to thirty percent. Um, but the beauty is, as we res continue to also ratchet up our, our ramp up our efforts in recycling, right. what you will have increasingly are bottles of coca-cola that will have recycled content added with renewable content so this bottle for example here in Denmark has 50% recycled content and 15% renewable content so that's 65% that is actually um, decoupled from fossil fuel And the package has no performance. Uh, 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 there's no issue with the performance. It's the same clarity, same shelf life, and uh, yes, a little bit higher cost. Eventually, we believe that this cost definitely is going to. As we as we scale this up, we know that this cost is going to be competitive, if not in the future, even less as the price of oil inevitably goes up. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So just two, one more question about these practices and then I want to ask you about your trip. But within the Coca-Cola company, you have made a lot of strides obviously in the last decade around these issues. How challenging are they? And by that I mean, is there a lot of debate internally as you say, we're going to make this commitment, we're going to move forward on packaging? Or do you view this as just inevitably this is the direction the world is going and you have to... Well, you know, when we started uh, first, you know, our cooperation with Greenpeace, for example, I mean, there was a lot of voices in, inside the company that were, whether it's shareholders or, or, or whether it's, you know, other constituents that kind of really were surprised. 
you know, how can you, and what, what benefit can possibly come. Um, so, yes, it, it's a journey. And in the beginning, there are people, not everyone subscribes to that, uh, to the belief that that journey will succeed. But I think today, um, there's no question that every single one of my bottling partners, it is such an integral part of our Vision 2020. You know, we've mm -hmm. launched a new vision for Coca-Cola, which is called Vision 2020, Roadmap for Winning Together with our bottling partners. Uh, it's such an integral part of that vision is, is about um, our work around sustainability, our work around sustainable communities, our work around the three platforms of water, uh, packaging, and, and, and refrigeration, that um, there's, I think everyone wholeheartedly subscribes to, to, to where we are. Um, and and, and the, the innovation, uh, allocation of innovation spend hmm. is very much in line with, with, with those areas. So what what was your trip all about? You didn't get to the North Pole, correct? But you mm, went close. somewhere it was pretty cold. Churchill. Not cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like? Why'd you go? Well, I went for two things. I went, um, one, uh, f uh, to run the Olympic torch, um, uh, as I had done in Guangzhou um, earlier uh, in 2008. Um, for the Summer Games, I went there to run the Olympic torch um, in Churchill, Canada, but also I was there with Carter Roberts, the uh, head of the World Wildlife Fund for North America, to look at the polar bears, and um, polar bears have been a symbol of Coca-Cola um, advertising, particularly in the holidays, com um, uh, communication uh, uh, since 100 years, almost 100 years. Yeah, almost 100 years, and... Um, we looked, uh, and, and the ice was, you know, weeks in, late in forming. I mean, we saw that with our own eyes. You could surf, you know, um, instead of a walk on the ice. Um, and prior um, records show that there was ice in, uh, there at that same time, years, a few years back. So there was a lot of hungry polar bears waiting for the ice to melt. We saw that with our own eyes. Really? Yeah. Oh, you actually saw some polar bears? Oh, many. There? Oh, you can find oh, them, huh? Yeah. Oh, not, uh, they're all there waiting for the ice to get uh, uh, to Solid. form. Solid, huh. And they haven't eaten, they hadn't eaten, uh, they've been on land for, for months uh, um, because they, uh, they were coming out of hibernation and there was, uh, you know, they can't feed any, unless they're on ice. Do you have evidence at all from your, your market research that the end consumer, I'm now not talking about Tesco or Walmart, no, but no. I'm talking about you and me, are paying attention to companies and brands around this set of issues, or do you think we're still ahead of it? I, I, I definitely think. I think there's two things. One is that it used to be only consumers in the West, and now what we're finding is that there's a great convergence between consumers in emerging markets and in the West of the same belief that they want to vote not just for products because they taste good or that they are uh, you know they are they, they want to have those products for their performance of the products but also they vote for the products based on the company's character that produces them you are fine absolutely right absolutely the one fallacy though you can you must not make is that they're not willing to pay more they may say that, 
but they're not going to do it. So for, you, for, for a company to succeed, particularly if you're a consumer goods company, to succeed in the area of sustainability, innovation, you've got to innovate so that you can actually create whatever you're going to create without any performance setbacks, um, uh, whether it is the, it's the taste, it is the shape, it is the performance of, of, of your product. You can't add two pennies to that bottle. And or you can't say bottle. it doesn't shine as much, yeah. uh, but it's good for the environment. So I'm giving it to you, Mr. or Mrs. Consumer, and I know you'll take it. No. So no They'll, they may say in research right. that they may be willing to pay more, but they're not going to do it. Right. Well, yeah, I've seen those numbers, and it's... Like, would you prefer to buy from a good company? I mean, if, who are the people who say no to that? Exactly. Yeah. Do you want air? <laughs> right. would, you, would you like to have air to live? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. That was uh, that was interesting and useful. So you 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 don't see even in a recession, even all the things going on, you don't see pulling back going on around this set of issues. I don't. It seems I like your company is certainly I think, pushing. I think, I think this is. There's no better time than to push with this because eventually, as I say, I, I have a fundamental belief that if you can convert commercially in a commercially viable method and way, in an inclusive way, convert waste to resource, it will eventually cost you less. It yeah. has to. Makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Because the finite resources of the world are going to cost more. Right. So taking That's resources right. out of the world and using it is never going to cost you more than something that you can reuse again, but it looks like new. Right. It's just a question of when we get to that point. But, we're but, not there but yet. this example is that we've got there with yeah. this, uh, you know, now we've got to scale it up so that we can make sure that the scaling of it gives us the, the, the cost advantage. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.